Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back. Welcome to part five. This is 12 ways to take 22 listings in 2022. And today we're going to be uh, wrapping up the topic and by refocusing you on a simple question. Now that you've learned at least 12 ways, and by the way, when you become a premier coaching client, we're going to show you over 20 ways. Uh, why wouldn't you want to do it? And I don't mean like I'm going to talk you out of listening to the past uh, week's podcast and I'm not going to talk you out of becoming a listing yep. agent. What I'm asking you is what head junk or what thinking is still floating around your head that would prevent you from taking action on the information that we gave you this week. And all the, by the way, we're over 2,000 podcasts. Actually, um, we're something like 5,000 podcasts now. Thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We sincerely appreciate that. Tens of thousands of you listen to us every single day. So tens of thousands of you, I'm asking you this question of you. Why wouldn't you want to become a listing agent? And what? Uh, just take a second, and then Julie and I are going to talk about um, how to answer that or the answers we've received from those uh, from asking that question from all of our coaching clients over the years or what's been maybe the questions or the thinking that they've had that prevented them from becoming uh, listing agents uh, and hopefully will help you root out some of your perhaps uh, outdated software, shall mm, I say, indeed. that needs to be updated for the new year so you can pivot into becoming a listing agent. So Julie, um, what would be from your experience when you talk to an agent and let's just handle this. Let's break this down so that it's, um, I think, um, understandable sure. in the easiest sense. Mm -hmm. So if you're a new agent, you're a midland agent, and let's mm -hmm. define this by production. Mm -hmm. Zero, say zero to you know twenty sure. units per year. Mm -hmm. Twenty to seventy-five units per year. Seventy-five to over a hundred. Uh, seventy-five to a hundred and a hundred over. Okay. Yep. So we have found over the years that there's uh, well, let's just say since two thousand seven, two thousand eight, there's a lot of agents who have been. Uh, who have formed businesses that are predicated on buying leads, buying buyer leads specifically, sure. branding, mm -hmm. doing a lot of you know obvious branding, but also doing a lot of social networking branding. And essentially their whole entire business has been a mansion that they built on land that they didn't own. I, I would agree with that, but I would also add that they don't necessarily realize that until we tell them that. Exactly. And the same goes with forming big buyer agent teams. Agreed. Now, what do we mean by what do we mean by building a business on land you don't own? And here's the thing, you guys all already know exactly what I'm going to tell you is true. I don't even have to work that hard to convince you, but I have to work that hard to convince you to stop listening to the clutter assuming your goal is to be financially free. So here's what I mean. And I'll go back to the simplest of terms. This is one of the Harris rules, by the way. Don't build a mansion on house and land you don't own. So that means fundamentally, in the literal sense, is if you build a house and it's got a land lease on it. And Julie and I actually used to own two condos in California where there was a 100-year land lease. And because there was a lot of terms, a lot of years left on the land lease, we didn't care about buying the, you know, it's fine. We felt comfortable with that. But in California, especially, and some of the land is still owned by, uh, you know, families, but it's, a lot of it's still owned by Native American tribes and whatnot. A lot of the Southwest has that. Yeah, and uh, Palm, Desert, Palm Desert, for example, yep. has lots of land leases. That's right. And what happens is, is this is, uh, we're, we're walking into the real estate education realm yeah. here, but what happens is typically these land leases are for 100 years. 
But if the land lease only has 25 years left on it or something like that, it's almost impossible to get financing on that land lease because the bank is not going to basically loan on a property without the absolute locked in. Um, well, 30 years. So they're not going to give you a 30-year loan on something right. where you're going to run out of your lease in 25. Because what happens is with that land lease, like the two condos Julie and I used yeah. to own in Laguna Beach, they're rental properties. Uh, if those land, if the land, and by the way, the land lease hasn't been renewed. So the family, there's like three families that own um, the land that all of these condos are built on. And again, from what I understand, they have not agreed with the um, condo associations to renew the land lease or extend it. Well, guess what happens to those condos when the land lease uh, comes due? They become the property of the people who have the land lease. So you might have a beautiful condo. We had yep. two beautiful condos there that we remodeled and we sold them because we didn't need them anymore and because they didn't make sense cash flow or business wise. But one of the biggest reasons we sold them is we were worried that we knew because Julie was on the board. The clock we, was ticking. The clock was ticking and we knew that the the uh, own, the ownership of the land, they were not in, going to agree uh, to extend the land lease, meaning that those properties would become assets of the owner of the land. And they could do with that land because they own the land, whatever they felt fit. And you could become a tenant even if you paid off your mortgage. Yeah, you just get a letter in the mail. You get a letter in the mail saying you no longer own the land your house is built on. And so that's kind that's of... That's no bueno. Well, if you're from the Midwest like Julie and I are, you're, you're, you're like, what? You're going like, what the hell? <laughs> can you, that be? Why would you ever build something on land you don't own? And yet... You're doing that in your real estate business, aren't you? That's right. Isn't that fascinating? So how are you building your business on land that you don't own? Well, the obvious answer is by buying leads. The next answer is by branding. The next answer is by doing anything that revolves anything other than you improving your skill set and being proactive with your lead generation. And anything that you're doing that results in you basically making single-digit net profit margins. I know a lot of you just tuned out, but stay focused on what I'm saying to you right now. Your goal, your only goal, your number one goal in real estate in 2022 should not be to turn out a bunch of TikTok videos or YouTube videos or to work on your brand. Or really to try things out with crap that people send you in your email. Exactly. Your number one mission in real estate this year should become a listing agent. And no matter where you are, because when you are a listing agent, you own the property, you own the mansion, you own the land, you own the whole damn kit and caboodle. You are, what's the character on uh, uh, Yellowstone? Uh, um, John Dutton, Dalton. Dutton. Dutton. Dutton, yeah. You are John Dutton for those I was years. just waiting for the Yellowstone to come out on Oh, we love, Julie and I binged on Yellowstone over the holidays. I don't know if you guys are watching it. Oh, That's awesome. It is. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so, and there's lots of iterations of, you know, um, not being in control. I would, I would bring up, you talked about it yesterday, Dave Ramsey leads which used to be, you know, pretty good, except that you had to compete. And it used to be 25%. Then it became 35%. Then it became a sign-up fee with a monthly fee. Well, so, she, well, so what you signed up for in the beginning isn't what you ended up with. And any of you have been in the business for more than a blank know what we're talking about. And I know vast majority of you haven't been in the business for more than a blank, so you don't know what we're talking about. But here's what we're talking about. And again, if you want to skip this part, just remember what I told you. Do not build your mansion on land you don't own. Because yeah. what's going to happen is you're going to start buying leads and the lead source goes out of business, raises the price, dilutes the rules, changes the rules, dilutes it. And that even goes with SEO. 
That goes with, oh, I'm going to do a lot of um, YouTube videos. And the YouTube videos, I'm going to follow, I'm going to hire somebody. They're going to do best practices. They're going to tag these videos, great titles, great images, great everything. Until a month from now when YouTube decides they're going to start giving preference towards videos that have this particular, you know, these particular boxes checked. And the the uh, platforms, like the biggest search engines in the world are Google and YouTube. They don't tell developers when they've changed their uh, search algorithms. In other words, here's, here's a way of thinking of it. So you're standing in a rope line. And, you know, it's funny. You and I have never done this because we've never gone to nightclubs. Yeah. But you're standing in a, in a rope line to get into some sort of nightclub or some sort of, uh, you know, some red velvet rope line. And you're up against the bouncer. Okay, so if you know the password, you're going to get in. So as soon as you don't know the password, you're not getting in. That's kind of a crude way of thinking of how search works. So you might know the password that worked last week or even five minutes ago, but as soon as that password is changed, you're standing out there in the rain. And nobody sends you an email saying, here's your new password. Exactly. You guys get it? That's what's happening and you don't realize it. You're being, it's been become normalized to build your property on, you know, your, your mansion on land you don't own because nobody else is telling you what we're telling you. And I'm going to tell you why that is the truth. Because when we teach you guys to build your own business, when we teach you to be proactively generators, when we teach you how to be uh, profitable business owners, uh, what does that do from a business perspective, from our business perspective? If we know once you have the skill sets and you maximize the skill sets and provided you stay on track, there's nothing more for us to sell you because we are not in the gimmick business. And I, I don't know if you guys have conceptualized that. Now, we might be the worst business owners ever because we're not just going to constantly come up with what's new, but it's called, in our opinion, integrity. And I'm, I'm going to share with you guys a conversation I just had. Um, so I will not mention names, but I was just on the phone with two Navy SEALs. And you guys, if you want to go back and listen to our past podcasts, uh, Julie and I interviewed these guys in November uh, of last year. So go back and listen to these Navy SEAL interviews we did. But those are the gentlemen I was on the phone with. Well, you will know because you'll go back and listen to the podcast. It was Robin and Jake. And I was talking to them about their business. And I was, you know, these guys were uh, buds uh, trainers. They were not just Navy SEALs, but incredibly decorated Navy SEALs, just incredible men. When I'm talking, I feel so honored that they, that I even, I, that I'm friends with them. Julie and I are friends yeah. with them, let alone that we can share a conversation. I honestly, that's how I feel about military people. I just do. Agreed. You know, yes. we, we and, come. And do listen to that podcast, guys. That's a podcast I really loved. I thought it was really interesting from so many different standpoints. So but I, do listen to it. But I asked them why they don't use their Navy SEALness in any of their marketing. They offer a personal security business, working mostly with executives and whatnot. And I asked them, uh, you know, why is it that you guys don't market the fact overtly that you are Navy SEALs? And they say because it's pimping the Trident. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So in essence, what they're saying is they don't want to, they have a brotherhood, they have a loyalty, they have values, they have morals, they have a set of beliefs that tells them that they do not. So if they were to start pimping the trident, as they said, what that would not just be uh, exploiting, it would be essentially them trying to use the honor and the, the blood, the literal blood uh, uh, spilled by all the past Navy SEALs, and they thought that was the wrong thing to do. But not in such a, I perhaps... Um, uh, vivid way. That's the reason that Julie and I will not ever expose you guys to things that we do not 100% believe in. It's called integrity. And if again, if we're in the if we're in the business of just selling you the latest and the greatest, even though we know damn well it's not going to work in six months, uh, and we don't tell you that, 
then where's the integrity with that? But if Julie and I teach you how to build your own mansion on land you own, you have something that is transportable. You can use the skills we teach you how to become listing agents. By the way, it translates into a lot of other industries too. It's true. But we can use the skills we teach you to be listing agents. And you can move. You can move from, you know, like Julie and I did, Columbus, Ohio, to someplace where it never snows. You can do all kinds well, of Well, it's sustainable. It's predictable. It's duplicatable. It gives our job. I look at it this way: it's, uh, our job is to give you wings. Our job is to give you the freedom as a result of your own skill, versus just selling you something randomly. You know, one of the reasons I think that those companies come and go is they really don't care whether it works or it doesn't work. And eventually, when it doesn't work enough, they go create a new business selling some other crap. You and see it all the time. It's a money grab. And depending what on what you're, and depending on where the direction of the, the like, the you guys do some homework on Julie and I. We've been uh, coaching agents to do the same thing. No matter what the market is, no matter what the market conditions are for the past decades, okay? Now, if the, um, you'll see that if the market starts to adjust in any particular way, there'll be some people that pop up and trying to sell you guys things on distressed real estate and things like that. Those people, those companies come and go. They have – and when they go, they're gone with your money. Right. And there's nothing to follow through on that. But they know – and this is something I hopefully you guys will intellectualize about – that most of you won't be – most of you will quit within 24 months – and virtually all of you will quit within 60 months. And, and they make th their money off of the newbies. Exactly. You guys understand? And, and those of you who want something to work so badly that you call their customer service team who is trained in telling you to spend more money for more time. And then eventually you go away. So the moral of the story here is this is the reason Julie and I and our coaching company and all of our coaches and staff are doing our best to motivate you guys to learn how to build your own mansion on land that you own because then we've actually helped you to become better business people that have sustainable businesses that are built on you know being of service to other people and, and building profit. So I'm going to go back to my original question, Mrs. Harris. Yes. So you are dealing with three buckets of agents, zero mm -hmm. to 25, say 25 to 75. I know I'm changing it. And 75 to 100 and then over 100. Sure. So let's call it four buckets. Okay. I already know the last two buckets there. They have no resistance to being listing agents. Nope. But a vast majority of the agents listening who are in their formidable years, who have been mm -hmm. in the business for a long time, but struggling and not knowing why they don't make any profit, right. especially in times of inflation, by the way, mm -hmm. what is it? why is it that a new agent resists becoming a listing agent urgently, immediately, as soon as the ink is dry on their license? I think that they believe that it's too hard. It's too long of a road. And because the answer to becoming a listing agent is not as obvious as it is to, say, buying buyer leads, right? All they have to do is open their email and they can buy buyer leads all day long. You know this as well as I do. Mm -hmm. When an agent gets their license nowadays, they're told to join a team, buy buyer leads. Sure. Or look, join a team that basically is going to give you buyer leads. All that, yes. That, that is not sustainable. For those of you who own teams and have brokerages, that's not sustainable. You, okay, so I have several clients, or we have several clients, that have um, that are Zillow. What's it called? Preferred or no, 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 no. The the ones where it's really expensive now. Thirty five percent referral fees. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, and and the fees are going to go up. And that's one of, of the things that Zillow is going to do. They're going to raise their fees. And so if you build a business and you've got ten buyers agents working for you, Zillow Flex, and you you're a Zillow Flex agent. You think you got the world by the gojones. And then you're paying 35% referral fees. And, and what's going to happen? What is happening is the buyer agent side commissions are going to be reduced. The referral fees are going to be increased because it's costing Zillow. Well, frankly, Zillow's got to make some money to make up for their little faux pas with regards to their, their, I buy, little, their, their little I, I buyer hiccup. 
millions so and millions of dollars worth. Actually, it was billions. Is it their, billions? their market value dropped. Like they lost something like I think it was. I don't want to. I don't want to guess, but it was an extraordinary amount of money in shareholder yes. value. And don't Ridiculous. you think for a second they're not going to try and make that up on your backs? They are. They already said they were. So they're going to raise by. Okay, so if you have built a team and you're a Zillow flex agent and you're flexing in your market because you're a flex agent, right? <laughs> and so all of a sudden you're walking around flexing, and then all of a sudden they're going to start whittling away at your net because they're going to start charging you more uh, referral fees. Now you're not. What are you going to do? You've got these six agents or these ten agents working for you selling houses. You're getting these plaques and these awards and all these trophies for doing a bunch of units. You are the number one agent that ever was in your marketplace, Based right? Based on units and volume. And right. you're cranking it out. And no one, no one, especially you, are going to do a profit and loss on those buyer sides. Oh, no. But when Julie and I have done profit and loss on the just the buyer side transactions in these big volume businesses, we consistently find that there is no profit on the buyer side of the business. And the agent who owns this team is only really doing it so they can basically have the units the and the volume to brag about. Yeah, and see, this, this is a, a major uh, business maturity thing in that world because they, the reason that they don't see that buyer side is because when if agents do a profit and loss, they always do it with blended numbers, right? They think their cost per transaction is the same on listing sides and buyer sides. They put it all in one bucket and divide it out, and they don't really see that probably their listings are subsidizing the buyer side. Do you guys listen to what Julie just said? She just dropped a truth. It's a math problem. She just dropped a truth bomb on you. If you did, you know, 500 transactions, big top producing agent, chances are it's divided 50-50. Uh, listings to buyer sides. If it's not 50-50 and it's more uh, weighted on the buyer side, you do have a problem. Yes. And it's going to get worse. We well, probably con- have a problem even at 50-50. Yeah, you do probably. It's just and, worse. And so what you'll, dis- what you'll discover is when you do the math, you take the buyer side transactions and you divide it by the average, you know, essentially um, how much it costs to do each deal basically. And what you're going to figure out is after commissions, after referral fees, after the added staff you had to hire to support the buyer's agents, not paying yourself a nickel, you're going to discover that for the most part, those buyer side transactions are basically not worth doing. And by not worth doing, I mean you would make a hell of a lot more net profit if instead of essentially having those buyer agents, having that buyer agent staff, having the support staff to support the buyer agents, you would have been better off if you'd taken those buyer leads, even you wanted to mess with them in the first place, and referred those out to other agents right. in your marketplace. The net on the referral fee is actually more than your net on your buyer agent. Correct. So if you're getting a 25 or 30% referral fee on those buyer leads, then you are going to make more profit. You know how I know that? That's what Zillow's doing. Okay, I can read Zillow's profit and loss statement, their K1, and I can read how much their money they're making selling you guys buyer leads, and you can read the same thing. Why don't you do what they're doing? Oh, I know why, because you don't have the buyer leads, yeah. and you don't want to spend the money to generate the buyer and leads. And why don't you have the buyer leads? Because you're not a listing agent. That's Listings the... generate buyers. Wow, that was a real quick circle. <laughs> That's <Sorry. laughs> it. So if you're a listing agent, you have to beat the buyers off with a stick. No, I do not mean a real stick. Well, maybe. Stop pounding away with your emails. Depends on how many people write. Tim said to beat on buyers with a stick. (laughs) No, stop typing. Now, some of you are like, oh, damn, I really like Tim and Julie now. They're telling me to beat the hell out of my buyers with a stick. (laughs) I don't like them anyway. I don't like buyers. I can beat them up. That's right. But listen, the moral of the story here is become a listing agent. So if you're a new agent and you're being told all you have to, you know, pass through the, you you have to walk with Fodor and all the other 
hobbits to drop some ring in some big fiery pit of hell that's you know going to take you the next 20 years before you're actually able to become a listing agent. Not true. Not true. You can become a listing agent the second you're at the ink uh, on your license is dry. Why? Because that's what we teach you how to do. Now listen, those 12 things that we went through over the course of the week, 12 sources of listings. Now there are more and we teach more in Premier Coaching, but the 12 that we gave you this week cost you almost nothing other than your skill set. If you're worried, I am too young, I am too old, I am too fat, I am too dumb, we were all those things when we started selling real estate, not the too old one. Because when we were started selling real estate, we looked like we had the combined age of 14. And That's I'll true. tell you what, you guys can go to our Instagram page, Tim and Julie Harris, and there's some pictures of like, they were taking the first few years while we were in the real estate business. And I want you to remember when looking at those pictures, that there is Tim and Julie, especially the ones from our first year. We are wearing clothes we bought at a thrift store because we had no money to buy clothes. And that year we sold over 100 houses our first year in the business. And tell me if we don't look like we're 14 combined years in those pictures, okay? <laughs> right. They're on our Instagram page, Tim and Julie Harris. Go there, check them out, and also I'd appreciate the follow. But the moral of the story is what I'm trying to tell you is you have no excuse not to become a buyer's agent immediately. Listing agent immediately. Listing agent immediately, right, sorry. And then, okay, now the Midland agents. The Midland agents are the ones that are going to be the most dug in because you guys are probably uh, essentially doing things and have been doing things long term. And you do not want, you have yet to realize that they're not going to work. And you're going to keep doing them in hopes that someday they will work, opposed to actually going and doing what you know will work. You, in other words, you are spending your all your uh, you're, you're breathing hopium that some air, a fairy tale idea is going mm -hmm. to somehow work out for you if you just keep plugging away at it. Julie, you want to give these guys some salient examples? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I want to circle them back to the power of being a listing agent because it generates buyers. You can refer those buyers off. Your net will be better on those buyers. And, you know, we said 12 ways to take and sell. 22 listings in 2022. That's what we presented this week. That's kind of a minimum standard because, you know, not if, but when you implement each of these 12 things. And one of the things I wrote for today's notes is most of you are comfortable with maybe two or three of those things. So take those to the next level first and then add another spoke or add another of our 12 points. Doing that, I mean, it's almost, I, I want to say it would be hard to only do 22 listings, right? So here's what your homework from today's podcast is going to be. We have to cut a little bit short because I got to get it on a Zoom. Yep. Is that you should stop wasting time, stop looking for the easy button, stop thinking that you can like and socially network and video and TikTok and dance around your way to becoming a listing agent. If you are going to be like our friends, the Navy SEALs, and you're going to become a SEAL, you have to go to BUDS. And BUDS is our coaching program. And BUDS is going to teach you how to actually be a SEAL. And you're going to discover that once you have that skill set, it's going to translate into a different way of looking at real estate. It's frankly going to translate into a different way of looking at life. You're no longer going to be vulnerable to buying leads. You're no longer going to be beholden to buying leads. You're going to have the pride of knowing that any day you choose to, you can set a pre-qualified listing appointment. That is strength. That is power. Why would you wait having that feeling? It's well, crazy. Skip convincing yourself that what we just rolled out to you about building your practice on somebody else's land. Skip the whole finding out on your own 
to make sure that we're right. Just skip all that. Because we know, and you know statistically, you're going to run out of money and you're going to run out of the business. Because 24 months from now, most of the agents are out of the business. And those who didn't wash out, something like another, what was it, 90% of basically? Close. 90%. So here's a few fun facts for you. It's terrible, but it's true. Most agents fail within 24 months. Something like 90% of the agents that didn't fail with uh, uh, essentially licensed today, most will fail within 24 months. And then basically after 60 months, 90% will have failed in the business. And here's another interesting fact for you. Five years from now, 87% of all active licensees uh, do not have their licenses yet. That tells you how much this business turns over. It's called churn. So if there's that level of churn, what makes you think if you're doing what all those other people who failed out of the business were doing, if you were doing all the, you know, the fairy tale stuff, what makes you think your out your result is going to be any different? It doesn't make sense, does it? So guys, listen, here's your homework. Do not waste time doing this. Become one of our premier coaching clients. We've made it very easy for you. Text the word premier, P-E, sorry, P-R-E-M-I-E-R. Text the word premier to 47372. That'll take you directly to the page. You can then become a premier coaching client. You can learn about everything that premier coaching offers. Our mission is to make you absolutely the world's best listing agent. You as the world's best listing agent in your marketplace. Just text the word premier to 47372. And remember, a message and data rates may apply. You guys have a fantastic day. And Julie and I will talk with you on the show tomorrow. Remember, you can listen to any of our past podcasts. I know a lot of you guys binge on our podcasts. Um, They're available at all the major podcast listing widgets, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google uh, Tunes, every place you can possibly imagine. If you're looking for a little uh, reading, if you're looking for a fast track and a roadmap, do consider getting our book. It's available on Amazon and every major bookseller. It's called Harris Rules, also available on Audible. You guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.